you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. And here's your host, Derek McCarr. Thank you, Edward G. Costa. To all the ladies and ships ashore. Do we have a lot of ships at shore listening in? We do. You knew where I was going. All right, thank you. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. America. If you've got superpowers, report to your local government office. This is Derek McCarr, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting from the Brett Cave. And, uh, of course, that was not actually Edward R. Murrow. That was our good friend, our man in Los Angeles. I'm Nate Costa. And across from me is the literal host of the podcast, because we're in his home around his kitchen table. Literally Rick Brett Snyder. Absolutely, podcast producer. And, of course, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please uh, subscribe. If you, uh, you take the time to rate us, and if you could tell your friends, we would appreciate that. As well as you can find us on the Stitcher app and www.fanboyplanet.com. Tough love. People do that. You know, every now and then people they come up to me at the, at the shop and say, I'm catching up on this. And they'll make some comments about stuff. Uh, like, uh, I, I admit, I've gotten the comment on the what's in the bag section now. It's like, yeah. I can predict that Nate is going to call the latest issue of The <laughs> Walking Dead. And I'm like, well, because, you know, he's got his priorities and he knows. And uh, so if you'd like to give him a job, maybe he could buy more comics. So, um, you know, uh, wide a range. So there we go. Nate is the illegitimate son of uh, Kirkman, by the way. We're working on that. We're working on that. We might, we've almost got him convinced. Anyway, of course, and if you'd like to uh, support us uh, through Amazon, things you hear about on the podcast that you're about to listen to, you can follow the Amazon link. We should have a, have occasionally direct links to certain products talked about but support your local store and support us through paypal if you feel so urgent so therefore now i can talk i i just feel like mixing it up two weeks in a row of like putting that up top just in case people have stopped listening by the time we talk about for god's sake money anyway we've got some comics news actually a lot of television news tonight but we've got a little bit of comics we got a little bit of movies so some cool things are happening uh it's a wind down for the end of the summer but there is a cool fall warming up well i do yeah i do want to say the wind down for the end of the summer somebody brought that up oh because uh, lon and i were talking about you know we we're trying to come up with the latest episode of moron versus fanboy we hadn't gone for like three months and one of the things was that was like our producer said controversially i mean like what a lame summer it was. Like, the only real great movie was Guardians of the Galaxy. And I realized, for the last six weeks, the only movie I have actually oh, yeah. seen was Guardians of the Galaxy twice. I you know how many times Salazar's seen it now? Six now. Six times. I know. And I'm thinking, I would like to go. I was jealous. I was jealous that I want to go see that. So, you know, and, and I mentioned to my students today, like, oh, I hadn't seen the latest Planet of the Ace movie. And I really wanted to see that. But I just, 
never got around to it. Oh. So it was pretty good. It was yeah, pretty good. No, I can't, I'd like to. So, but I mean, it was it was a season that's down. But you know what's going to get us up in that fall is that there is a, it's the thirtieth anniversary of Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and uh, to celebrate because you know what America was having a weight loss problem. Apparently, we were in danger of slimming down I, for the I fall. I think, you know, people just blowing down the street because they have no inertia. Because they have no mass to them whatsoever. Uh, they have no inertia. Hmm. Eh. Anyway, uh, that uh, that uh, Krispy Kreme has announced that they are doing special Ghostbusters tie-in. Uh, you can get a, a Krispy Kreme donut with the Ghostbusters logo on it, surrounded by the green slime, and uh, you can get a, a replica of the head of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. I and love it. I know, and, and so that's going from September 29th to October 31st to celebrate the upcoming Blu-ray release of the Ghostbusters 30th anniversary and uh, the Ghostbusters 2 25th anniversary, but I think... I love that idea. I, I re- Let's be honest. So, we can stop at the Ghostbusters 30th, right? We so, don't have to buy two, do we? No. But but if if I want to get some of these ahead of time, you know, if I want to order some ahead of time. Oh, yes, they time, told us. Please, yeah, go ahead. Up until September 29th, you can pre-order, and they suggest five dozen. <laughs> I don't understand. How did they come to that number? It's, it's 60. It's even, even 60. But, but That's two per year for a movie. I... Oh, so Krispy Kreme donuts will last for thirty years? Exactly. Is that, okay. Is that, <laughs> no, it's the last thirty years. So. No, I don't want to do because right. That's it, it's sixty. That will last me until about um, seven p.m. And so <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, it, 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 it is fun. I right do, up until the ambulance shows up at your door. <laughs> but you know what? I'll die happy. You will, because um, gosh You'll knows, heaven knows, die with Krispy a slimer Kreme, on that your is, face. That is my. My second favorite donut place, because honestly, locally, I am a big fan of uh, Psycho Donuts, which is the official uh, concessions booth of Comedy Sports San Jose. So it is bad when I play. I can't play Comedy Sports too often because what happens is I go in, I get a Psycho Donut and a cup of coffee. I have to admit that Psycho Donuts is a lot more creative than Krispy Kreme. I mean, oh yeah, and Ghostbusters, that's a Wednesday for a Psycho Donut. You know, right. Uh, they're they're doing Friday the Thirteenth donuts. You know? Yes, they do. They have Jason donuts there. They're great. Yeah. And hockey masks. So anyway, um, well, this is not a donut rating podcast, but we're just telling you. Hey, up top, we could. It's a market. We could start. Well, why not? Um, oh, we could start, and I would have bad grades for the Krispy Kreme down here. <laughs> let me tell you. What, what would we call the donut? The official nerd based donut centric podcast. The Nutcast. Uh, that works. <laughs> I think I think the uh, night crawlers. Yeah, when I think Southern California, I think Krispy Kreme donuts, and I think yum yum donuts. And no, no, I think uh, In and Out burgers, and especially when you mix the two. I oh, actually think I think donuts and Chinese food. Donuts and Chinese food. There's a lot of donut places that sell Chinese that's food true. as well. Uh, but I know I have it. I did have it. And I think you guys talked over it. Night crawlers. Crawlers, ha! Yeah, see, mm-hmm. that's my problem with the uh, the Burbank Krispy Kreme does not sell crawlers. Oh, they don't even carry them. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Even the quasi Krispy Kreme over at the plant by Five Guys in San Jose sells crawlers, and they barely have ten donuts in there. You know what? You know. What's... Wait a minute! I didn't even. There's a quasi Krispy Kreme by the plant. Yeah, it's like a little Krispy Kreme Express. Oh, Lord. By the plant down here? 
yeah. in the plant. Yeah, next to oh. Five Guys. A couple, couple See, you stores didn't know down either, from but I didn't know is, that either. I have two days left to be in that neighborhood. <laughs> no, before you die. Before, <laughs> no, before I change jobs, you know, and so uh, before I go to the other side of downtown. I see. Never mind. I can still go over there. It's all 10 the minutes from here. Podcast over. One last one last donut-related recommendation. Psycho Donuts, one of their unsung hero donuts of all time, is their fritter. Oh, I enjoy the fritters. Fritters are astoundingly good. I feel like we're about to turn into some kind of like you know Appalachian <laughs> podcast. Well, I enjoy a good fritter. I do like a fritter. Well, no one can no it's one can say no to fritter. a fritter. This is in honor of Michael Goodson, who is also a huge fritter fan, uh, but not a fan of the frittata. No. Anyway, uh, you know that is so the Psycho Donuts in Campbell and in downtown San Jose at the Camera Three, where I appear sporadically at Comedy Sports San Jose. So they did not pay. For this announcement. But they will. Oh, they'll pay the next time I have the special <laughs> bean donut before a show. Uh, there is no such thing. Um, oh, storm coming in. I can feel it. That's it. That's the wind I wanted to hear. There's the storm. It's coming. We're getting rain tonight. I, I know it. I just know it. All right. So let's uh, let's turn to some good things then. Uh, let's talk about comics. Um, to set the scene here, the back window of the of the Brett Cave is open to the veranda, and where we see the angry night sky it's, it's as we beautiful. pray for rain here oh, in California. Lord. Oh man! What, what's praying? the uh, what's the temperature going up there right now? It's uh, over the last few days. Oh, um, about in the 80s. about seven degrees che- uh, cooler than you most of the time. Yeah, it's eighty one officially right now. Supposedly. Actually, about fifteen degrees at, on. Uh, the but weekend. it says it's, it says now it is eighty one, but in forty minutes it'll be sixty six. It's gonna be a pretty precipitous drop. There is a wind coming in. Uh, yeah, and uh, so, but I know. I mean, it was down there this past weekend for the opening of the Haunted Mansion Holiday and the first appearance of Oswald at California Adventure. in a jaunty little hat. I might add. Uh, it's in my back seat right now. Uh yeah, and uh, anyway, it was it was uh, ninety eight in Disneyland, and uh, then I saw you post like on 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 Sunday. It was like one hundred and three in Valencia in Santa Clarita. Is that right? That's when it was cool. It got up to one oh. Uh... <laughs> it was bad. I mean, wow. I'm, I I I agree with that. I was driving back. It was like eight o'clock at night on I five, and close to the Pacheco, to Pacheco Pass, and right. it was one hundred and two. Wow. At yeah. eight o'clock at night in Central California, oh. was there any water in that dam at all? Oh, I can't. It's not. I can't even make a joke about it. It looks so sad. There's there's water. There is a little bit, but it's just seeing how completely you know down it Crested, is. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I'm I'm scared. To yeah. be honest, I, you know, among the many things that worry me about my children's future, this is one that I'm just going, oh, it's okay. We're all going to dry out and turn into hive mind zombies. Uh, World War Z is going to happen in California. It'll be a very laid back zombie apocalypse. I'm very thirsty. Yo, uh, brains. I mean, well, I saw this weekend on, on the LA Times, there's a headline that said, like, what if we, if we run out of water, are people going to move, are people going to leave Los Angeles? I'm like, wait a minute. Is, like, LA is seriously that? You know, far out of what down. Well, you know what? If they would quit uh, busting open water mains and uh, accidentally running over fire hydrants and wasting tens of and thousands of gallons of water, that's not too. tens of thousands, dude. That busted water main on sunset—that was tens of millions of gallons. So Ridiculous. it was bad. It was bad. Plus, they flooded Pauley Pavilion at uh, UCLA with that one. That was that was really bad. Well, we've really brought this down. Let's talk comics, shall hey, we? I love comics. You know why? 
because there's always water. enough water because <laughs> we love Aquaman. Let's read um, Aquaman for okay, a little. Okay, go. Let's go. Um, so first, we're going to talk about uh, the only thing is noticing that uh, I give credit to Rich Johnson over at Bleeding Cool for this, uh, for pointing out that it looks like both DC and Marvel are at the same time pursuing a similar major event in that uh, time runs out and multiversity, though multiversity is not the main big DC event. Multiversity really isn't connected to anything. Though, no, but it, it is about the... Coll- well, but it's... it's You know why it's not connected? Because he's been working on this since before the New 52. Oh. And you do- and when Grant Morrison comes to DC with an idea, they, let just Grant Mor- they just let Grant Morrison run wild with it. And um, I think... It's you know I, I'm all for it. I'd rather and I've said this before. I'd rather see little events like this than get dragged into a huge company wide crossover with books that I don't enjoy, like Futures End, perhaps and Axis, and which Axis no one really knows anything other than hey, X Men versus uh, Avengers was really cool. Well, wasn't good, it? good and evil are going to switch places. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that happened before. Yeah. So um, anyway. Uh, that's right. That was the what do they call that when Norman Osborn uh, ran? Nobody cared. Darkest dark night. rain. Dark rain. <laughs> dark rain. Not yeah. darkest night. Uh, so anyway, but noticing that both time runs out and multiversity are talking about uh, are dealing with plot lines of of multiple Earths being destroyed, shrinking down, and then you notice that over in Avengers there are. Uh, analogs of the Justice League, while over in Multiversity there were have been analogs of, of, of the, the Avengers. Avengers, and so, and I love the theory. I think he's wrong, but Rich Johnson posited like, is it possible that Jonathan Hickman and Grant, Grant Morrison have been talking, and are actually doing an intercompany crossover without? Approval? It doesn't matter if they've been talking; they have to get lawyers to talk to. No, because the thing is, this is not the first time there has been a secret crossover that did not violate. The, the the copyrights. Yeah. Because uh, Marv Wolfman, Len Wein, and Marie Severin all appeared in uh, its... It was back in the 70s, and everything centered around Rutland, Vermont, and the Halloween Parade. And I can't remember which, oh, yeah. which okay. books yes. there are. Yes. But there have no, been there, was, there were two crossovers. And then it was known... Be- and it was before when in Justice League, the characters that were um, the, the blue... I want to say the blue pheasant, but that's a restaurant. The blue Raja. The blue sparrow or something like that. There's a little, it was a a little, um, it was a guy who was a combination of Hawkman and the Atom who, uh, who, so he he was, uh, or he was like, he was actually, he was supposed to be like Yellow Jacket or Ant-Man. But um, in in Justice League, they fought Juan Gina was this like Norse thunder god. um, And then, um, J.M. Day Mateus and Keith Giffen brought them back as like their plant, their world had been destroyed. But there was basically an Avengers yeah. in uh, Justice League at the same time that the Squadrons uh, Sinister and the Squadron Supreme were created for which were analogs Avengers. of the other right. ones. Yeah. So I mean, there's been this acknowledgement and this crossover time and time, and it's happening again through this. So again, I don't think it's official. I don't think they're really talking, and certainly we're not going to see a real crossover. But it is interesting that they're both pursuing the same plot line. And two of the top writers, Jonathan Hickman as a top writer for Marvel, and uh, and Grant Morrison being well, just Grant Morrison. Which, by the way, that last week, that legendary book, uh, what was it called? The Grant Morrison and Fraser Irving. Uh, Drew, I didn't buy it. Oh, but I, uh, dang it! I'm sorry that I'm blank on the title because I went home and read it. It was great, and Legendary is trying to po- to position all their books as 
can they be adapted into franchises and film or mm-hmm. television? And this one is great concept. So I want to go back back to it very just briefly. Was that the concept was it's a screenwriter who's into hor- who's written some classic horror films, trying to write his new one, and he's writing about a guy Annihilator. Annihilator. So Annihilator is uh, is is this character who is it's the screenplay he's writing about a guy who's in right. a, isolated in a space station on the edge of a black hole called the Annihilator, and and it's a haunted house in space. It's a haunted space station. And at the same time, this screenwriter is trying to deal with the stuff and he's having hallucinations. And at the cliffhanger of the first issue is that his character actually appears and says, you called, and the worlds are going to collide into this sci-fi screenplay and this guy living in the most corrupt vision of Hollywood you could possibly imagine. And so how this going to cross, I, I don't know where it's going, but I, I read, read that and went, yep, that's another great mind-blowing Grant Morrison concept, but very at the same time, very easy to follow. So... And I like Fraser Irving's art. I think he's really a fascinating artist. I'll, I'll have to pick that up. You mentioned the Squadron Supreme, and I wanted to—I had forgotten that I wanted to. Nate's read this now, um, as well. I bought it. I haven't read it yet. The last—I uh, guess it was issue thirty-four of the Avengers, Nate. Whatever it was last week. Yeah, is a Hyperion thirty-four point one. Yes, probably point one. Yes. That's why. Okay, it's a Hyperion story. Yeah. That probably has my vote as the best story of the year okay i'll have to read it i i find it interesting because i think that uh, haven't there been like several versions of hyperion like yeah killing him off and bringing i mean this back? one this one uh, well without without uh without spoiling too much and nate yeah i think you nate you summed it up best i think uh i said it's like a superman movie that didn't suck it it really is the best possible story you could tell from the point of view of somebody who is really super powered but truly dedicated to a set of ideals that are all about the betterment of man you mean like um like superman should have been in exactly the movies? exactly exactly and it, i i would say there's a little bit of spider-man in there too because it's all about his relationship with his father and what his father taught him. I am, uh, by the way, feeling my soul collapsing on yeah. this. Okay, great. Good. So yeah. uh, I think, and, and the fact that it comes, Hyperion has been kind of a, um, yeah, he's been there in the Avengers for a long time, but yeah, under Hickman's run, yeah, for yeah. for you know at least a, a year or two, yeah. Um, and he's never been a never been anything other than kind of a dumb Superman analog in 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 mm. Marvel. But this really fleshed him out for me, and I, I, I felt the story resonated with me on so many levels, so yeah. I have to recommend, all right, well, that's recommend good. that. Okay, and so, it's all in one issue, too. You don't so have to read you, so anything else. So you look else. at that. There we, we, uh, we, kind of, we, we jumped to what's in the bag, but went into last week's what's in the bag. That's so true. How about let's go to this week's what's in the bag. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? I love it when he does it without being cued. Speaking of what's in the bag... This is the perfect time to talk about with Nate becoming an impending father, (laughs) and he was gifted the single greatest diaper bag and and uh, diaper cleanup mat that I've diaper change mat that I've ever seen. And again, I would like to thank the lawyers at Warner Brothers and Fox Fox Television (laughs) for finally sorting things out so that Batman sixty six could be licensed to everything. Uh, Tiffany, Nate's Nate's lovely pregnant wife, posted this photo on Facebook, and I want to have another child just so I can have this diaper bag. 
Or you could just ask Luke to stop using the restroom. Uh, <laughs> you're so wrong. Um, <laughs> so describe the diaper bag. Yes, tell us, Nate. It's beautiful. So the bag itself looks like Batman's midsection, I guess. It's got the utility belt. It's got the bat symbol. And on the back side, which you it's can't beautiful. see. It's beautiful. There's a black towel Velcroed like a cape. <laughs> it's like a little burp towel. Yes. Uh, and then inside it had the big fold-out uh, changing mat that says splat, and <laughs> among center. other you know, comic book type yes. of things. Like yes. spow and Splats whatnot. right there in the center. I know, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. It is and, beautiful. And uh, it had a one of those bottle cooler type of things. It zips open. It's got the um, – Yeah. And then what else is in there? There's another little – baggy for stuff but yeah it's cool they had a, a superman one and a batman one and we registered for batman okay so who makes but you that? are having a little girl we are having a little girl yes they didn't have girly ones but he's but we're, raising his daughter gender neutral it's fine no no, no he's, that's right you've already got a costume right there's a onesie in oh the yeah future. we've got uh we've got a super girl onesie that tiffany's cousin sent us it's that also has a cape velcroed to it. <clears throat> um, way before we even knew the sex of the baby, we were in, I don't remember if it was Target or Bye Bye Baby, just looking around, and I saw a little Spider-Man onesie, and I was like, I don't care if it's a boy or a girl, they're wearing this. Well, because Mary, the, cause Spider the, girl. the Spider-Girl does yeah. wears the same costume, so yeah. it's fine. Well, no, it's not It's not actually a costume. It's just it's a, a, like a scene it. from a comic book on oh, a black okay. onesie. That's, That's right. fine. That's right. And right. then, uh, I really, I really do hope you're able to get a She-Hulk onesie. Yeah, <laughs> I think that'd be awesome on a baby. I agree. But uh, yeah, we've got a nice little all right collection going of cool stuff. Oh, it's amazing! It's amazing. So I just want to say, it has never been a greater time to be a nerd. Never, never, absolutely. So, I mean, because I look at you, Nate, as well, and you also seem relatively well-adjusted and cool. We wouldn't know you were a nerd. It's, it's good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Except uh, when the Niners lose. That's but see, true. But that's, but that's socially acceptable. That's true. You know, it's not like, oh, the Avengers lost in 36.3, <laughs> you know? <laughs> he's, he's freaking out. And I'm over. yelling at the comic book. <laughs> right. He's, There's no way that would ever happen! <laughs> The Green Goblin could not have come back from the dead. Uh, no. <laughs> Too good. Trade them to the Seahawks. Uh, so anyway, uh, so what's in your bag? What's in your actual comics bag today, Nate? Well, my actual comics bag contains nothing today, but I will tell you what I would have gotten right, had I had good. a chance is to it, get to the shop. Is it Walking Dead? No, no there was no week. Walking Dead this week. However, yes. There was an image title that I would have purchased. Savage Dragon number 198. Ah, I've got that right here. Eric Larson is well on his way to issue 200. Uh, I believe... I can't imagine it was 198. I think it's 199. He's going to do all two-page spreads. Wow. Um, he posted it just like an idea on Facebook. Like, I wonder if I could do a book all two-page spreads. And a bunch of people commented, oh, my God, you should do that. And he's like, it'd be really hard, you know, figuring out. You don't want people to feel like they've been screwed, 
like, yeah. oh, this book is really only 11 pages long. He's got, he's like, I got to put a bunch of story in well, these spreads. Got, he's got two in this in this book. Mm-hmm. He's got two two page spreads. But Nate's okay. saying it's going to be a specific right, right, right. And um, and if you look at any of, and then there's a Vanguard story in the back that has a, has at least one kind of two page spread. But if you look at you look at the Larson two page spread. There's a whole lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, well, he changed the size of the art that he, the actual original art. Oh he's yeah, doing. Yeah. he was working in that in Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the twice up size. There's one that's super Kirby esque. Yeah, yeah, I, and you know what? Um, I think that it's uh, it is reflecting very well going up to that twice up. Uh, the detail and the precision. Yeah, uh, of what he's doing has definitely changed for the for the good. Yeah, I mean he was always an interesting artist, but but um, this is like there's suddenly a whole new level of. Uh, it's like he's slippers. realizing he's actually doing something very monumental with this book, <laughs> and he's stepping. Oh, I better, well, I better, you know. I better live up to my. Uh, you can also sell it better on the secondary market, the original art. So uh, okay, excellent. Uh, what would be on on uh, your stack there? Well, I see what's on the top of your stack, so I'm going to sacrifice my third book. Okay, well, we can just go down to two since Nate hasn't really... Uh, I'm going to go no. with the Superior Spider-Man issue 33, Edge of Spider-Verse, which is the flashback issue to uh, the time storm that took over Parker Industries or whatever that... Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, sent him careening through time and collecting the various spiders and... Uh, it actually looks like fun. The the interesting I was Nate and I were talking before the show and I'm going and we we're looking at the books that are coming up for this. And it's only like eight books, but then Nate reminded me that this is just the edge of the Spider Verse. Oh right, there's gonna be more. Um which <laughs> so I'm, we're, then I'm, we're gonna get into well, the Spider Verse. I feel very drawn in because actually I loved the concept of Moreland in the first place, way back from from the JMS uh creation when he was running a Spider Man and when it was still good. Right. Um and uh, Joe Straczynski um, it was a great creation and this uh, idea and then I think the idea of since everybody's talking about multiple worlds that having this guy going through eating that energy yeah. from a, from every dimensional Spider-Man he can and it was a good introduction for me to the Spider-Man noir like I said I had read when when they tried that noir line for a while and I, yeah. and I read it as a small trade and I was like yeah, I went back and reread it. But just I really like their 30s take on Mysterio. Uh-huh. He was a really cool character in that. So that one shot was very good. So you know, I enjoyed that. So here's there's a double page spread. Oddly enough, three pages in on the Superior Spider-Man that shows all the Spider-Men that are with him, including I'd forgotten the Spider-Man from India. Oh, I could remember Uncle Bim, Uncle Bim. <laughs> I remember that and Spider Monkey, <laughs> Spider Monkey, Spider Girl. Well, because. Steve down at Elusive, like when that came out, he was always, you know, oh, yeah. go, didn't you like that? And he, goes, and he would just call out to me across the store, Uncle Bim, Uncle Bim. <laughs> so um, I like that six-armed Spider-Man. Yeah. I, I like the idea of the assassin Spider-Man. And, and Spider-Monkey, actually, I really I like that I like from, the idea. from Marvel Age. And he's well used. Are they issue. not using Spider-Ham? They are going to use Spider-Ham. He's, he's not in it yet. But he will be. He will be. Okay. Um, you know, I thought interesting. By the way, in, in real world, I, re- I read an article recently about a mistranslation of the Book of Revelations that the number of the beast is not six six six, but actually six one six, and the Marvel Earth is Earth six one six. Just saying. Just saying. Okay. I saw <laughs> a ridiculous video. From one of these news shows. 
Is it going to be comics related? Go ahead. No, it's going to be 666 related. No, let's not go there. I don't want to well, the devil. Well, this guy, this guy claims that there's a mistranslation that 666 is the number of the beast. He's saying it's the number of the Antichrist, which is not bad. The Antichrist is just not Christ himself, but the second coming of Christ. So this idiot is having all of his church followers get 666 tattoos on their bodies. But they're not worshiping Satan. Well, they sh- I, I, we cannot on this podcast condone worshiping Satan. No, no, I don't think we're uh, going so, That's not in our editorial policy. So I, no, I'll go look it up I, if you want. I put it in the indicia. We are not Satan worshipers just because we like comics. Just uh, to be clear. We're going to come back to that, however. Uh, so on the top of my stack... <laughs> Wait, we're coming back to what? Satan worshiping. Okay. Uh, to uh, Multiversity, the second book in the Multiversity uh, thing, which is the Society of Superheroes, uh, which is done like a pulp uh, a pulp magazine with Dr. Fate. And as uh, Rick pointed out, they all look like they're all members sort of of Blackhawk. It's, uh, I've, I've actually flipped through this already. The... Uh, it looks really oh, cool. text heavy. With Chris Sprouse, who is an artist I love. Chris oh, his, his drawing of the Immortal Man. And then this. Is this Green Lantern and Demon Abum Sir. Oh, interesting. Okay, so it's nothing that I thought it was going to be. No, it's, 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 it shows you stuff you think oh, you're going to hey, figure my, out. My buddy Walden's the inker. Okay, cool. Um, and Dave McCagg, because I often get confused in print for Dave McCagg. They give him credit for oh. things that I say. Um so uh, anyway, oh man, this looks this looks awesome. It's really looks cool. And then of course you have that uh, Gotham layout in the middle, um, but excellent. So uh, yeah, I really want to wrap this up tonight because I'm tired. I want to read this before I fall asleep tonight. Yes. So uh, you know, th- th- I mean, I love the Blackhawks. I mean, there's nothing cooler I than the Blackhawks. And I wish you know, I, and, and I think even when they do the archives, I think there's only one volume of of, of yeah. Blackhawks. Yeah. But, my God, the art is beautiful. You know, a guy I want to get on this show is a local actor who is the nephew of Mac Raboy. Oh. Who drew Blackhawks and Captain Marvel Jr. And I don't know how much he really, um, how, how close they were or anything. But uh, but I only realized because he posted on Facebook something, uh, you know, a tribute to his uncle. And I went, we should probably get him on. Just yeah. have an interesting conversation. Yep. Because people forget how... how Lush. It's just a classy book. Some of the some of the uh, chop Golden chop Age not, artists were not well understanding. Okay, shh, leave him alone. All right. So Nate, what's next in yours? Uh, I will go with Hulk number six. I believe I have that. Yep. Um, I believe this is only Jerry Dugan's second issue, right? Okay. And he's taking the Hulk down. Uh, Jerky right. path, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, could be, could be. This was a big Hulk week because you had Savage Hulk, you had the Hulk, right. Hulk Annual, and Hulk. And there was also a Savage Hulk variant cover drawn by my favorite artist, Dale Keown. Excellent. Who also did the uh, new event or the Avengers 34.1, which I am really upset about. All right, cool. So next on, on your stack, Rick? My next one is one that I noticed that you're missing, but I think you're probably going to go back and get, which is George Perez's Sirens. Yeah, I might. I might. And it's just, I mean, 
he hasn't been doing much that I've been. Well, he's been battling eye problems, um, and, and so that's one of the, one. It of the reasons certainly doesn't show in his work. No, no, no. I mean, his, it's just, it, all I mean I is it's taking him longer. I understand. So he's been working on that for quite a while. So this is this is just so refreshing. Um, and what we have here, I'll I'll just read the uh, uh, little breakout bit because it's. Uh, it's uh, an inter- as an intergalactic force enslaves planets across the galaxy. The legendary team, known only as the Sirens, must reunite to save Earth. But it is it is that. But is that even possible when the Sirens themselves don't remember who they are, and the rest of the universe only remembers them as villains? Hmm. So it's a six six issue miniseries. Um, nice wraparound cover. Uh, this is from Boom Studios. Yeah, yeah. Who Again, doing boom, boom, incredible. boom. They're doing some incredible, incredible work. So written, illustrated, and created by George Perez. Yeah. He'd done some stuff for uh, CrossGen, I think he'd done a creator, creator owned. Uh, but I can't remember what it was. So, uh, yeah, he he is, of course, uh, just a, a legend. So that's great. The Boom's got him. Uh, mine up would be uh, Edge of Spider-Verse, the Gwen Stacy Spider Woman, I love the cover. I like the design. I have no the talent inside involved. I have no idea, um, but uh, let's see. Uh, there are people that I. It just looks intriguing. I and so I'm going to go with that. I'm enjoying this Edge of Spider Verse, and I can't believe that Marvel has sucked me into a major crossover. And I'm not really angry about having to buy a whole bunch of other books. But it doesn't. At this point, it's not a big crossover. You've got the core books from no, the Edge. It's going to get bigger. And then you've got the the Superior Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man. That's yeah, it. So there we go. Jason Latour is the writer, and Robbie Rodriguez is the artist. So uh, interesting. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Continuing. So, uh, all right. Do you have another one, uh, Nate, or shall we just uh, move on to movies? I can do one more, or okay. we can move on to movies. Let's move on to movies, is because uh, yeah, let's we, go. we got a late start, and like I said, there's some interesting stuff happening in movies. Uh, uh, Rick, of course, because he was off at London uh, conventions uh, instead of San Diego, missed that legendary. No, I'm just saying, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, legendary had announced. Uh, this summer that in addition to basically saying getting Guillermo del Toro to say Pacific Rim Rim 2 and we're not going to do a Haunted Mansion he's not going to do a Haunted Mansion movie anymore he's going to do this his own version uh, which looks really interesting called Crimson Peak Uh, Hmm. so I've got some photos I went on way behind but they got some really cool stuff out out of that but they also announced that of course they're doing a Godzilla sequel and they're doing a Monster Island and they have King Kong uh, and so that they're doing a prequel to King Kong called Skull Island. And, uh, of course, everyone's second. Well, is it, as far as lanky British actors with an arrogant tone that are international sex symbols, who's more powerful, Tom Hiddleston or Benedict Cumberbatch? I'm just not sure. You didn't go Matt Smith. I No, I, I know because and you said lanky. I, they're lanky. Yeah. And he's awkward. There's a difference. <laughs> Sorry, Matt Smith is awkward. And there's casting news on Matt Smith as well. And the choice and the casting he's got proves my point. So, uh, but Tom Hiddleston has been announced as the lead in Skull Island, as they, which is, I guess, like Baby Kong. Uh, perhaps Mighty Joe Younger is there. And, uh, and, and, and so who knows what else? There'll be dinosaurs and there'll be all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it's vaguely related to Peter Jackson's remake of King Kong, vaguely. But what they're really trying to get to is an idea that they can take 
that King Kong franchise and essentially remake King Kong versus Godzilla at some point down the road. Well, the thing about, I mean, the the Jackson King Kong, he spent so much time in different parts of the island with like yeah. the, the insects and the... Yes. all the different dinosaurs and uh, you can you could do a lot with that actually going to the Kong. In fact, they should have saved that for Skull Island and just gone to Kong for that movie. Yeah. But uh it was a little long, just a little long. Uh anyway. So, uh there's that. Now Matt Smith, uh the the third lankiest British uh sex symbol. <laughs> uh And I only say I, only, I think that was what people called him. Third I, lankiest. I, I, third British, lankiest. I only I, I only throw Benedict Cumberbatch above him because apparently for charity he took he recreated uh Colin Firth's Mr. Darcy picture photograph of coming out of the water from the 80s Pride and Prejudice miniseries that women all around the world why Colin Firth is a sex symbol till he dies because of how he looked coming out of the water okay. in a scene they made up for the TV miniseries. Was that in the book? Haven't you ever seen? Have you ever seen that? No, I've never seen one? it. Oh, it's actually really good. But okay. that's what made Colin Firth an international superstar and became and why they... Um, you know Bridget Jones diary Colin Firth was like the idol it, it was like her obsession and then they cast Colin Firth as the guy she met anyway you know so um anyway he recreated that for charity and it's like been all over Facebook uh going like oh Benedict Cumberbatch for just one day is playing Mr. Darcy coming out of the water in a photo shoot it's like oh it's ridiculous but Matt Smith was cast in Pride you're not the target market Pride I know I'm not and you know what <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh, in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which is a film project I thought had died. Like, it had gone through about 11,000 directors. And, uh, is that book almost 10 years old now? It, yeah, see, I feel like its moment just might have passed. They've been trying to make get an adaptation off the ground for so long. I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, they cast Matt Smith as Mr. Collins in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And that's the... Uh, the preacher. Uh, I actually recently went to a stage adaptation to watch a stage adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, and unfortunately, I was too heavily influenced in having read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies more recently than actually Pride and Prejudice. That every time a character came on that I knew would be eaten by zombies in that book, I kind of giggled to myself in a very <laughs> wrong way. So uh, Matt Smith is actually a perfect Mr. Collins. Okay, uh, who's the? Dork. I only skimmed it for an English class. Once. Oh, it's a really funny book. I, I think should, you would I enjoy. I would enjoy. Not the go- zombies. Not the one, zombies. The original one. one. The zombies one is clever. Yeah, but at some point, it, it, it it's diminishing it returns yeah. of. It's clever, but what else you got? Yeah. You know, so uh, anyway, so that was interesting. Uh, There is, again, rumor of Doctor Strange, but still no word on who's going to play him. There's uh, another rumor cropped up that Jason Momoa isn't Aquaman. So the date for Doctor Strange was like... 2016. July 2016. I think it's... Marvel hasn't confirmed any of that stuff. But I do want to say over on the other side, a rumor cropped up that Jason Momoa is not Aquaman after all, but he might be Shazam. Huh. Just like. Just like? Dislike. Oh, oh dislike. dislike. Okay, I didn't hear. Okay. I thought you said just like, too. I thought it was, yes. yes, Nate. Finish that phrase. Don't leave us hanging. Don't <laughs> just leave like us hanging. What? Just like what? No, I mean, I could see it, but still, I like Brandon. Uh, Milali, and I'd like to see that. I'd like them to see that, use that opportunity, because you've got Dwayne Johnson. You don't need. You need to make somebody else a star in that role. You don't need to make 
I and because the more I thought about it, the more uh, even though he's not blonde, I thought Jason Momoa as Aquaman is a really interesting choice. I could see that very well, but mm-hmm. I could see him as Captain as the the hero formerly known as Captain Marvel. Too, but I'd rather see him as Aquaman. You know, it must really suck to be a DC and look at Marvel going, you now for the next two years we've got six movies and four TV shows that are, you know, all core to our universe, and DC's going, we've got, we've got you know, three TV shows. But I read an interesting article that analyzed this very well, is that is that, you know, when DC was purchased by the company that became Time Warner Communications... They were not really money makers. They didn't understand. It was, just, it was like part DC of a... DC wasn't. Yeah. yeah. And, they, and they still aren't. DC isn't making money as a comic book company. It's, it's breaking even, and it's okay. And it's the ancillary stuff. But the difference is that, you know, Warner came in as handpicked in 1978. You got Superman the movie, and that did pretty well. And you've had a couple versions of Batman that did pretty well with, without really having DC's input. And the difference is that Marvel Studios really did come out of Marvel management, mm-hmm. and then Disney bought it and made it, and, and made it you know, larger as a, as a juggernaut and gave it more power. So Marvel Studios is loaded with people that, really love Marvel Comics. Right. And th- and there is no DC Studios. There's Warner Brothers Studios, but more which important is loaded with people who think they know better. More important with, than that is the people who love... Well, I mean, and it, it goes to what you're just saying. The people who love the comics that are making the movies just made a movie out of nothing, out of nowhere, out of, out of, con- out of content no one had on their radar, Guardians of the Galaxy, that has been the number one movie for six weeks. Yeah. I, I again can't say stress enough how proud and happy I am for James Gunn on that. Who was in our neighborhood this last weekend? Oh. And it was right, yeah, he's he's he, somewhere off the central coast. Like when he was in Big Sur and Monterey. And, oh, I did see that. Yeah, and I think we might he have had a actually, meal in Big Sur. Yes, and I think we might have actually been in California Adventure at the same time. <laughs> and it's like ah, <laughs> oh, we passed. Derek Schwimmer, James Gunn. No, well, because James he posted Gunn. on Instagram, Instagram at the Big Thunder Ranch, somebody carved uh, a pumpkin Groot. I saw that. And so he posted the Instagram, and I was in line for Haunted Mansion. I went, okay, so I get out of Haunted Mansion. Before I go home, I'm going to go to Big Thunder. And, and then I saw the pumpkin. And then it turned out that actually one of my former uh, castmates in, when I had the sketch comedy group in the 90s was playing the gypsy fortune teller to lure you into the caravan of villains at the back of it. And it was her first day with that show. So I got to sit down and see an old friend perform nice. as she's trying to find her bits with the kids. And it was, so it was cool. And, uh, but didn't get to see James Gunn, but, but I think it's awesome that you could walk into big thunder ranch and somebody's carved Groot into a pumpkin. <laughs> it's like, again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I can't believe I've lived to see this, yeah. to see it so mainstream. And then somebody else I was talking to that's kind of the periphery was saying, like, oh, I, I'm not really following comic, the comics. Do I need – so I don't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm like, really? How, how cute. It, it, it doesn't matter. Nobody was following Guardians of the Galaxy right. until they put this together. you know. And now I think it's selling well and they're doing and, – and, I mean, it's always been a good book. But I don't think it really mattered. You know, that's their own version. They put it together well. They had faith in the characters. They and the more and I talk stood. about it, the more I want to go in and, and watch it again. Yeah. I want to compete with Jason Salazar. So, <laughs> uh, but but you're absolutely right. There it is. And then DC, 
well, it's not DC. Warner Brothers is sitting there going, well, we think we know the solution. We'll give Zack Snyder complete control over Superman. I think they're doing the right thing with Shazam by giving it to New Line that can be quirky yeah. and funny yeah. and, and not put it into their grim and gritty universe. And it's fine if they don't build a, big, a, a huge universe. But yeah. the, what they do need to do is build good movies. Right. Well, which I'll say, they're building decent television shows, but I think they're also that's also little different separate things and, and, we'll, and yeah. we'll get back to it yeah so uh do we have any other movie stuff i, I don't really th- well there was a hobbit tapestry that came okay out. you were that's, talking about that that's the battle worth, for five armies that's uh, worth looking at if you're the battle uh, of five armies if you're a um i think it was uh entertainment weekly uh came out with a tapestry for looks like four magazine covers mm-hmm. wide of all the characters in Lord of the Lord of the not Lord of the Rings now, the Hobbit can we call it a tapestry if it's not actually hand woven they call it a tapestry well i resent that definition though. i understand this where's the craftsmanship it's in bilbo the would protest as well bilbo's right there smack dab in the middle i'm sure he is but it's it's very i mean it's super high resolution you can you can just stare into this and see multiple things in it uh, so yeah, i'm not worth checking out i, I mean I'll, i mean i'll see battle of five armies i'm not super i'm this sure is gonna be the enjoy, best of the three i'm sure i'm gonna enjoy it but i'm not i'm not like going i, I can hardly wait because i know i guess i'm at this point right now of, it'll come i'll see it i'll take my son yeah. i'll be so glad i did but, you know, it was an interesting thing, and I'll give an educational note, you know, is that my son actually had a great conversation because he got excited about it. I said, oh, it's now – because it was originally going to be called There and Back Again. They were going to give it the actual – the, the third, third one was going to be the They're title, and again. then they changed it to Battle of Five Armies so that it would draw in teen boys. And I and – I, and I think I, it's more important to – I mean, that is the, the the Battle of Five Armies part of the story. Well, sure, so. but if you recall the book, uh, Bilbo gets knocked unconscious, wakes up, and they tell him what happened. Uh, and that's really what yeah. happens. I mean, you talk about... Um, it's not, it's, he does a little bit more than that, but yeah. Uh, starts to, gives the runestone, and then and then he's not going to just... That's what I, the big difference I noticed, having reread it with my son, is how much of that is Bilbo's passive. He gets told later things that happen, and then Peter Jackson's just moved all... Because Peter Jackson isn't making The Hobbit. He's making prequel the prequel to Lord, to Lord, of, Lord of, the of the Rings. Yeah. Because they've already put that on Twitter. Sauron's eye. This is what it's building to. So yeah. like, how can this end well? But we were talking about it, and the great conversation was it was a great history. I actually just watched, rewatched the second movie. It was movie. a great. Uh, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting until the Super Tiger Platinum Dragon Edition on Blu ray. <laughs> I got with it from the 17 extra hours of footage yes. that I know are coming because Peter Jackson films Super everything. Tiger Platinum yes. Dragon. Edition. Edition. And that's the one where it's going to even include uh, Ian McKellen saying, do we need Radagast? Let him go off to his little show, uh, you know, for the five-ish doctors, which you've seen that, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, That's my favorite joke. Gandalf saying, I don't need Radagast in this scene. But um, we had this great conversation because Luke was excited for a second. And then he stopped and he said, most of the dwarves die. And I don't like that. Why did they do that? And so we had a really good conversation about literature being of its time and saying J.R.R. Tolkien wrote The Hobbit, which is true, even The Hobbit being a delightful little children's story. And apparently, like, first editions, he didn't even separate out Middle Earth very, very well from England, like people riding bicycles and carrying umbrellas, and, and there were references to London uh, to English place names and stuff, which they edited out for, for later publications. Uh, reprints of it but anyway you know and said even for a children's book 
J.R. Tolkien was writing at a time where the scars of World War One uh-huh. were still very, you know. So we actually had a great conversation about, you know, it really is an anti-war book if you know what he's talking. About. You know, we think of it as this cute little adventure, but it really is anti-war because the yeah, all your favorite dwarves do die. I'm not talking like a Weasley. But there's twin. also, I mean, there's just in storytelling when you're going up against a big crisis, which there's makes the, sense. But there's the payment of the ultimate price. But there's that you have the to difference do. in the way we tell stories now, and children today are not expecting a lot of sacrifice. Mm. You know, because we we hide that, and so we make them soft. We, Perhaps no. I mean, I, no. I, there's I, a big I, argument about that. I, I do. Think Grimm's fairy tales made children. Well, I will tougher. go with you know. Marv Wolfman wrote that. If you remember the go back to comics, the Night Shift series from DC, uh-huh. the first one they re- they revived yeah. it a few years ago. But the first one had one Baron the, Baron Winter. Winter. One of the arguments was well, the first plot was that we were being bred. That like the peacemakers were being interjected and supported in our society, so that we, we would be bred to by the twenty first century become soft, and thus we'd have no warriors to be able to fight off the extra dimensional invasion that was going to come. Right. And I thought, well, that's a clever plot. That's so full of it. And sometimes I think, well, I mean, I'm all for peace. I really am, and I, I consider myself Christian. But I kind of see the point Wolfman was trying to make, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I'm like, uh, I don't know, but you know. But I think we, all, you know, that's but that's a, another podcast. That's for Nightcrawlers episode two. <laughs> uh, so, swords to plowshares. <laughs> but, uh, I'm writing it right now. Uh, okay, so I, no, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a bad donut pun to go back to swords, uh, forks to plowshares. <laughs> no, no, I want swords. I, you know, that's the point. Okay, um, but anyway, so that's it. The, the, uh, the, the movie stuff. We're we're still and I, and I can't believe I have students so excited for Age of Ultron. I cannot, you know, because they. I don't want to talk about it. Marvel released a plot synopsis. Uh, this week for Age of Ultron, and it's like nothing was really particularly surprising to me. And if you know anything about continuity and understand that Tony Stark is going to be, I haven't read any of this. No, no, but we already know that that Hank Pym will not be responsible for Ultron. Right, Tony right. Stark will be. You can extrapolate everything from, that they released from what you know about comics continuity. It it, it only makes sense. So okay. it's just like it's, I read it. And I was going, and Lon was doing the same thing to be like, I don't want to know, and I'm like. Dude, it's three sentences. Believe me, it's not going to spoil anything about it. You already know who the characters are. They don't tell you how they become that. It's just an obvious thing. So anyway, that's fine. Let's move to television where things are really, really exploding. Because speaking of Age of Ultron... My DVR can't take it! Agent Carter, uh, the the producers of Agent Carter announced that they had cast an actor as the first Edwin Jarvis. So that um, that's going to be Howard's, Howard Stark's butler, which will inspire Tony Stark to create the AI he calls Jarvis. So it's like, good, finally Jarvis will actually be respected and given his due in a Marvel cinematic project, if I can call the TV series cinematic. Uh, they're all know, connected. Because they're all connected. Yeah. Which also includes that, by the way, the cast of Daredevil will be making its first public appearance at the New York Comic Con. When is that? Uh, in middle of October. Okay. So, unfortunately, uh, we can't send, we can't get out there. But, uh, you know, um, so we'll see. But uh, but that that was very exciting. And, of course, I just, I, I'm still, I'm so excited for Agent Carter. Um, but it's really DC that is exploding with television News, you know, we're we're one week away as um, 
Rick reminded me on Monday night, Gotham's going to start on Fox. Tuesday night will be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So the 22nd and the 23rd are going to be a one-two punch of, well, DVR'd that. Going to have to, uh, you know, uh, figure, I'll probably have to watch it on Hulu Plus. Just to say that my the television that could watch it live on, those get occupied by other things like reruns of A Little People, Big World. And, oh, uh, God and, help us. And Breaking Amish. Uh, oh. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, hey, hey. Steady. These are things that I am forced to watch every yeah, once in a okay. while. So you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And the View. The View gets DVR'd and five episodes wow. get, you know, marathon through. Now, wait a minute. Who is watching this? His roommate. Yeah. Uh, your your roommate mother. watches the same things my wife watches? My mother. I'm going to be honest. I'm gonna, you know, it's, I am becoming the prototypical nerd. I don't. My mother doesn't have a basement. If she did, I'd live there and I'd have my own cable feed into the basement. <laughs> but I don't. And more privacy. Yeah. Yes. Um, damn it. Why do I have myself live in California where nobody has a basement? Which is not true. It's a sweeping <laughs> stereotype. I know. My Aunt Mary Lou had a basement. Anyway. But that was Stockton. We call them man There's caves There's no need now. for a basement in California. Exactly. So anyway. That's why, uh, you know, I had to stay up super late last night in order to watch this week's Doctor Who, uh, so which I did, so we can Good. so we can talk about it, so Nate can you know go to the bathroom, and uh, anyway, but I'll I was still right want to talk back. about DC. No, we're not talking about Doctor Who yet. Oh. We're talking about the DC uh, comics news. Okay, so we have that Arrow season three coming up soon. Netflix is announced. I think it's October tenth. Is all of season two is going on to Netflix, and the Blu-ray is coming out this week. So uh, for season two of Arrow. I got to power through that because I got to catch up because it just seems better Season and better. Season two was pretty good. It, it just seems like so much cool stuff was happening. But, of course, now you've got the crossover with The Flash, which announced this week that they've cast a Captain Boomerang. So in, like, the first eight episodes, you have uh, you have almost all the rogues gallery appearing. We know who Captain Cold is. We know who Heat Wave's going to be. We've all, uh, The pilot has Weather Wizard. Um, and, and then you're going to have Captain Boomerang. The coolest thing they announced, aside from we know uh, it's not a secret now, John Wesley Shipp, who played the Flash in the eighty in the uh, original CBS TV series, plays Barry Allen's dad. Right in the pilot, they cast this week Amanda Pays, who Ooh. as the same character, Doctor Tina McGee. Uh, who was the Star Lab scientist yeah. in the first series? Now Tina McGee will be working for a rival lab. Wow! But she's still Tina McGee. I can't. That is such a lame thing for me Love to go squeeing about. But I'm squeeing about it. I mean, like the respect that goes into that, that is going into that show, is like um, I don't care if nobody watches it. Please produce a full season so that I can. That's all I care about. So one thing about the, uh, the although Flash. Barry is a very different character, he's very clearly more like a just fresh out of college, much younger than you might picture Barry, and much certainly much younger than John. Yeah, it's just, he, he's there. much more like a, a kid Flash. He's more like Wally. Yeah. He is a lot more like Wally, but so, that's okay. So when we look at we look at the Flash, obviously has superpowers. Yes. And we haven't had any real superpowers in. There's Arrow. an explanation in the pilot. Okay, there's a there's something similar the rogues, to the. The rogues are all artifact guys, right? No. So, do any no. of them have superpowers? Yes. Which ones? Well, no, because they've all been before. For every to talk, there have been there have been amping up of the powers. 
that integrated them. That's in Forever Evil. Okay, though. I mean, but no, 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 no. It's actually been done a couple of times. The the um, okay. Underworld Unleashed did it, and then they undid that, and they did New Fifty Two, and then before Forever Evil, I can't. I don't know what. I but I'm just remembering Captain Cold was a gun. Weather right, Wizard right. was a wand. But I can tell you. But I can tell you, having seen the pilot, Weather Wizard has the power integrated into okay. his DNA. Okay, good. There is an explanation. As Smallville had the kryptonite rocks. Okay. I, this is not a spoiler because you've had the Arrow universe, which said very specifically, no, no superpowers. Powers, yeah. They don't exist Except in this for world. Black Canary. Um, okay, then they've then they've changed the she rule. She had a scream. Did she? Okay. Yeah. They've changed. I haven't watched that far yet, so they've changed the, the rule slightly. They have a major explanation in the pilot for the Flash, where basically the Flash says, Barry Allen says, "There's going to be a lot more like me. They're not going to necessarily do what I do." But there's going to be a lot more, and I'm and somebody's got to stop them, and that's what I'm going to do. So, and yet somehow I it didn't bother me nearly as much as it did in Smallville when they were doing the crypto kryptonite freaks. So, um, because you know, because the thing is, I think that this Flash pilot again, I think I mentioned it last week. When you get to it, the things they've, they've taken out of continuity, you I mean, maybe it wasn't you. I maybe it was talking to the guys at, at Moron versus Fanboy that. It's like the things they put in the con- out of continuity are like, I can't believe they're going that deep. I cannot believe they're going that deep. Uh-huh. And Jeff Johns has said, this is the most steeped in actual comics that we've ever tried. And it is. Good. And you're going to love it. Look you're going to love it. I mean, there's flaws because even though it's, it's, it's a CW show. I hope, it's, I hope it helps flash sales. I stopped reading the book. I did too. Yeah, but uh, but I'm ho- but I still love the character and I love the concept of the TV series. But we know that we know we got Gotham, we know we got Flash, we know we got Arrow. Uh, what else is coming from? Uh, you mentioned okay, uh, so Titans. The, so three three concepts are being developed right now. On the success of the Flash, Greg Berlanti is now shopping around a Supergirl pilot. So I uh, don't know yet if they've got a bite, but TNT announced last week that, that they're developing titans based on the teen titans okay so but kind of in the young justice thing so using perhaps nightwing using basically using the characters that aren't going to be used in the cinematic universe uh-huh uh, you know in dc's superman versus batman can't use superman versus batman but can you use superboy can you use robin uh because actually the rumor is that, n- that dick grayson's already nightwing but you can put tim Br- tim drake as red robin yeah. in titans yeah. you can have wonder girl you can have changeling or beast boy or whatever they want to call gar these days so that's interesting but honestly the one that has me the most excited is and fox television is doing this is going to what they call the put pilot they just said we love the concept shoot a pilot which is what they did with Gotham as well. Uh-huh. And uh, is Lucifer from Vertigo. Mike carries, uh, and if you haven't read it, and, and DC has been reprinting them in trades recently, so they're, they're working their way back through. It's a, it's a great read. It's spun out of Sandman, but it doesn't have to. And the basic log line is that Lucifer uh, is tired of being king of hell, so... He retires from the position, leaving the demons to fight over, over his throne, and opens a piano bar in Los Angeles. And can't stay out of supernatural business, and 
that's essentially where the series launches, where actually Neil Gaiman put him at the, in, in the end of Sandman, and then they launched a Vertigo series out of it. That was great, in which he was like, uh, maybe this wasn't the thing for him. So even if the series is just a, just a week-to-week, you know, we need, we need help, who can help us? Oh, how this, about Lucifer? So we're back to Satan worshiping, Nate. I told you it would come back oh. around. <laughs> um, it's not really Satan. It was Satan pandering. Satan pandering. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the thing is that the series, the, again, I really recommend the the actual, the, uh, the Vertigo series because you saw his point of view, and it wasn't that he was evil. He was just arrogant. And Lucifer has been done as a very sympathetic character any number of times. Well, I still love Peter Cook Clark. and Bedazzled. Yeah. Uh, it made some really uh, great points there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I got, I'm just very excited about that. There's no, no real detail movement on that beyond it's happening. I'm very excited. Did you stick it out with Dominion? No, I watched the pilot and I just never got back around to it. It was pretty good. I mean, it's, it's going, I think it's going to a second season. Um, in May, but I'll tell you honestly, the thing is, watching that pilot, there was nothing, there was no plot twist that I hadn't called. And so it's like, at a certain point, even though I, I found it mildly well done, I liked Anthony Stewart Head doing that bizarre American accent as yeah. he was trying to do. Um, as I said, they all sound, they all sound like, like uh, Agent Smith in The Matrix there, Mr. Anderson, <laughs> when British people are trying to do that accent now. Um, it, uh, you know, it's just that I go, if, if I only have a limited amount of time for certain series, like I'm still trying, I I don't know if you, if you, have you given the, given intruders a shot? No, I've not. Okay. So I, I, I hesitate to recommend because on the one hand, I'd really like to compare notes and see what you feel, what you, if you liked it. But if you didn't like it, I'd feel bad. <laughs> so I can't decide if I liked it, and I need to watch the third and fourth episodes. Uh, you know, I watched the first the the first two and went, okay, I want to know what's really going on because I'm I'm having a difficult time following. But and I like the cast. It's you know that's not it. It's just again, it's kind of a uh, of Dominion. Uh, uh, no, of, of, of intruders. Uh, of intruders. And Dominion was the same. Was a similar thing of well, I can't. I, I don't dislike people. Right. They actually killed off the character that I liked. The, the actor that I said that I found the most compelling. But it was still interesting. So, I, but it, but if I only have a limited amount of time, I, sure, I, I want to sure, go sure. to look like Nate. It just brought suge- Lucifer, and I thought it was kind of interesting because well, they like, were doing. But doing like Nate, kind of- Nate suggesting, dude, I've got to make I've got to make time to watch. And we didn't even I get know. to Constantine. Constantine could suck. I still haven't watched the pilot. It could suck, but I'm still going to watch it because there's going to be a glimpse of a Dr. Fate helmet. And they cast yeah. Jim Corrigan, so the Spectre's going to be on that show. So I'm going to watch that damn... It's going to be like... I'm going to hate watch that show. It's, I'm going to I'm going to watch like... I'm going to be at episode three of Constantine going like, this is like season four of Glee. I hated that. It's, it's your seasonal codependency. You know, and on the flip side, like I got to catch up on the show I really want to watch uh, was I never got back to American Horror Story. So I still haven't watched. Oh, yeah. I still haven't watched Asylum or or Coven. And then Freak Show's coming. And Freak Show is like, it's like, you made a season just for me, just for the kinds of things that creep me out the most <laughs> that I really want to see. And I gleefully Because you're like, getting way too much sleep right now. Oh, to- uh, really? Do I look like it? Because <laughs> I haven't. No, because you're going to give me an evil clown with a with a false lower face? Oh, my God. 
Uh, that's the description. And he's voiced by James Urbaniak. Uh, that's not true. Oh, wow. don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. And and Eben Schletter is writing the exactly, theme. Exactly. Uh, you know, no. So nightmares. <laughs> oh, I'm totally there. So I mean, you know, I know you don't really have. I could just skip over and I could just watch Freak Show. But I feel like I want to watch, you know, so there's just so much to watch. And then to finally have caught up with Doctor Who, I can't, I'll be honest, I, 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 I seem to be in the minority. I, I know I have to watch it again. I I don't know that I enjoyed Listen, um, this week's episode. I, I'm, I'm not sure. You have to watch it a second time. And and I'm finding that is more and more the case this season. The the, the Sherlock, the, Sherlock. Oh, I love Peter Capaldi's performance. Do not get me no, wrong no. in the slightest bit. What's what I think? I think this is probably one of the at once most aggressive storytelling storytelling that Moffat has done. At the same time, he's shown the most reserve and control in the storytelling, in that he is not giving anything away about what's really going on. At the end of the story, you're still not given an answer. Well, and I he th- gives answers to almost everything. At least, and, well, and I guess that's the thing. Too many people are jumping on the bandwagon and saying, "No, he gave the answer," and it's and no, and I and I thought, no, I would agree with you, except that there's one scene, and I don't want to get into it for yeah, people that haven't seen it. Uh, maybe off the air. There's one scene where I'd say no. Actually, the answer is given, but it's not the answer everybody else is coming up with. And we'll because, talk about it after. Yeah. You know, so um, I think I know what you're talking about. But I'm still, I, I you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm into it. I loved the setup for it. I thought that was really cool. And, and as I was sitting there, going, hmm, have I been talking to myself? Hmm. And and I just didn't know that things were necessarily hostile. I love the setup. I love the concept. And you notice a different end of the universe than we've seen before, mm-hmm. which again is the thing people keep forgetting. The universe has been reset a couple of times yes. under under Moffat's watch, and so and, you know I hated it. I hate New Fifty Two, but but if every Doctor gets a new universe that he's in and where some things happened before for him, that makes sense to yeah. me. So um, so enjoyed that. Nate can come back. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's what Supergirl. Well, I we I brought I actually Did mentioned you say it, it I, but there's nothing else to say about okay. it. We just know it's being shopped around. I and just uh, I would want to mention before we go. Uh, I saw a short film called Lords of Catan, okay. which is a uh, that our friend Chris Garcia asked me to review. Um, this is with Amy Acker and uh, Fran Fran Krantz. Who oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, was in. He was on Dollhouse. Cabin, he was in Dollhouse. And Cabin, Cabin in the, the Woods. Woods. Yeah, he's, he's one of the. And he's, and he's in much to do about nothing. And it really, it's a, it's a short film. I think it's less than fifteen minutes long, and it felt very Whedon esque without having Joss, as far as I can tell, involved in it at all. Um, and if you're a gamer, this uh, Lord of Catan refers to Settlers of Catan. I was going to ask if that was. And if you're a gamer and you've ever had to explain gaming rules to someone who doesn't want to understand them and then especially if it's your spouse this hey, will Rick. this will resonate so Rick, hard what have you learned it sounds like a very video? personal story i've i've learned so much but uh Did you break down but, the, but it's role reverse, reversal because amy acker is the one explaining well of to course because she's one of the hottest women alive and she is she is really really super cool in this, I, I would say that I would recommend it if you have a chance. And I do to want it. to say one other thing on GoFundMe. Uh, you know, we have podcasts, and, and I think we probably brought this up a few months ago, but it's still in, in there. We, we have podcasts from the SLG Art Boutique and Gallery and uh, in times past. And one reason we don't go there right now is because when we're podcasting this late, I don't, want to keep, to, I, I don't want to keep Dan up. 
uh, you know, I don't want to keep. And, and he's he has actually, to keep the store open. And, and and he's actually been doing better with, uh, with concerts on Wednesday nights. Yeah. He's been having some events, and I, re- you know, I I, I don't want to integrate that. But he was he's been a great friend of the podcast, and um, he's got a GoFundMe campaign. You can look it up uh, Dan under Dan Votto V A D O, especially if you're a local person, because he was kind of forced out of his old location, which we had podcast from a couple times. Uh, and into this new location, and, and it costs. And so he's trying to get back up on his feet. So he's asked for GoFundMe. And one of the things is, um, you know, people forget he was really a pioneer in indie comics, and still is, and still is absolutely. But one of the things that really kind of uh, bothers me for on his behalf, and maybe I'm getting outraged alone, is that every time SLG gets some kind of a hit. Uh, some other the the creators take it to some other publisher and do the deluxe edition oh, elsewhere. Yeah. So like milk and cheese, as much as I love, um, we have in Dorkin, you know, the milk and cheese edition that you gave me for Christmas that one year was Dark Horse doing it, yeah. even though it was Dan that first published it, and and one that he took a really big risk on uh, recently was Pinocchio, the Vampire Slayer, which turned out to be a really good series of graphic novels. He published the original editions. The deluxe edition is with IDW. So, you know, these guys go elsewhere. The one is Jonan Vasquez, who has remained uh, loyal with his Squee and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. But, you know, that's not enough. And Dan even wrote, like, Justice League for a while in the 90s. So, you know, and the Griffin, who is the best San Jose-based superhero in comics. Well, the only San Jose-based one. That's true. Graphic novel. But you can still find that edition. And, you know, so they've, they've got a big printer's bill coming up. He's giving a lot of up-and-coming up, up talent a shot. So if you want to go on to GoFundMe and uh, and look him up and donate some money, uh, that would be great because he's just been such a supporter of independent talent. He's such a supporter of the local music scene in San Jose. And he's really providing in his new spot uh, up on the edge of the Rose Garden in San Jose uh, and over by the arena a really cool place to hang out. In fact, I introduced the owner of Comedy Sports there, so we're actually running our beginning workshops out of Dan's space on Monday oh, cool. nights, and because you know it's it's a big enough space, and then people can sit and watch and enjoy, and you know, so there's some alliance going on there on nights that the place is off, you know. But um, and the so, taqueria across the street is really yes, good. I ate there, fantastic. I mean, good local restaurants. It's great, yeah. and you're right by the recycle bookstore. It, right it, around the corner. It's it's just great. So is the taqueria the taqueria or is it? Um, there's two. There is two. Yeah, there's the big. Well, there's the chain that is from no, it's Freebirds. not a chain. And there's, no, it's not Freebirds. Freebirds, Freebirds, Freebirds. Is there's up, an up, independent. The there's an independent taqueria. And you know how I say, you know you're at a good Mexican restaurant when you see all the, the local Mexican families driving up and getting food. And the cops. The cops stop and eat <laughs> they there. They know. So, yeah. you know, it's true. And it is, it's a great deal. It's great food. Uh, yeah, love it. Love it. So, but, anyway, that's our shout-out to Dan. And uh, ask that. So, uh, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. Um, and, of course, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, you can you can look up some of the items we have uh, that we've mentioned on Amazon, but support your own local business first, and small business especially. And of course, if you're so inclined, you can go onto our PayPal link that's right there on every page at Fanboy Planet and donate money to help keep this podcast alive as well. Um, till the next time and beyond, I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Nate Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only, only for good. good.
Once again, to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. Okay, I think we got this down. Just had the email, and now we're, we're it was not Krispy Kreme doing Ghostbusters. That's a, that's the best Ghostbusters news <laughs> we've had. That's the way to put it. That's so so totally true. Unfortunately, uh, we got invited to um, go on to the set of Space Command in L.A. Really, but Nate can't go. It was. Uh, all I got was son of a bitch. Um, it's Monday, right? Monday, September twenty second. Yeah. yeah, chance to go on to walk on the set and meet Doug Jones, Robert Picardo, Mira Furlan, and Brian McClure. But, wow! But unfortunately, we got nobody that can make it down there. Um, time? Well, you gonna fly down Monday? Oh, okay. She's not paying. She should pay attention. Changing your your entire. Uh, there we go. I, got I could it. drive down for that. Yes, it's time to be determined. So, yeah, here's the picture of the donuts. Yeah. I saw. They, they look tasty. I wonder if we can get um, coupons for it. Marshmallow donuts. Stay puff marshmallow donuts. Now through September 29th. Oh, I love this. Okay. Now through September 29th, contact your nearest participating Krispy Kreme location to pre order five dozen or more. <laughs> Five um, I, so they're only taking pre-orders for over 60. It's because of the 30th anniversary <laughs> DVD release. So you can go up top, but since it's, yeah, let's just, yeah, let's break that. Let's do it up front because it is so fun. Yeah. Um, we should uh, I, maybe put a key up for that. And there was something else I wanted to say um, promo-wise. um or rather, uh, charity-wise. Um, dang it, I can't remember. So, charity-wise, as far as well, I was going to say, uh, you know, maybe did ice go bucket f- challenge. The, no, no, the GoFundMe for Dan. We might as well put a shout out there. So, Nate, yes, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, you don't. If it's best if you don't yell, I I, I have to. When you yell, you fracture your current sound settings and there's no way for me to recover it so if you want to yell you have to let me know so i can take you down a little bit first (laughs) okay so are you gonna yell or i'm just gonna talk in this tone you should get used to not doing the yelling anyway because you're gonna have a baby and when it's sleeping you're gonna yell like this (laughs) i'm so sick and tired we should talk about about all the cool baby stuff that Nate is getting because that oh, yeah, Batman yeah. diaper bag the splat that is awesome. Oh, the bag, <laughs> the bag itself with the utility belt. Yeah. No, but I also mean with the splat, the splat, the splat changing man, pad, I, the changing pad. I want to have a baby just, <laughs> just so to, I can have that. 
just to clean the poop off the splat. Oh, dude, totally, totally. So anyway, go ahead. Okay, Nate. In three, um, two. Wait for my point. Three, two, one. Oh, listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only, only for good. good. That was so coordinated. I it's love just, it when it's coordinated. It's just me. I love it when a plan comes together. Thanks, George <laughs> Papard. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, Nate. one more thing that I just saw, so you can uh, <laughs> put this in the outtakes. TNT has reached an agreement with Marvel to air to be the first I guess the TV uh, whatever the first one to show Avengers Age of Ultron and Captain America 3 on television in 2020 in two years after the movie comes out so 2017 for Age of Ultron, 2018 for Captain America. Interesting. Each of five films is reportedly tentatively scheduled to premiere on TNT a little over two years after its theatrical release. And if I'm correct, TNT occasionally does limited uh, commercial interruption stuff too. Yeah, they've been true. Yeah. Hopefully they do that with these. Yeah. Be awesome. Fascinating. Although I'll probably have them on Blu-ray by that time, so I won't need to watch them on TNT. True. (laughs) This is so true. Yes, we are all in the same boat. Okay. All right, let's see. All right. All right.